0: Um, Welcome back to Grief Circle with Sammy. Um, I believe last episode I had kind of left, I I introduced everyone to uh, the goal of this podcast and I had kind of left off on like my life with grief, like right as grief actually struck me, you know, at the funeral and such when I was around 12 years old, but I just wanted to kind of share a quick little story um, about something that happened to me yesterday, um, so I'm in 11th grade, and we're talking about colleges, like, a lot, and I think college is a very big life marker, and it's something that we often just think of as, like, um, a box that you have to check off in the list of things that you have to do in your life, but... For me and for other kids who've lost a parent, I think college can bring up a lot more emotion because we have our alive parent, but we also have a parent who's not in the picture, and sometimes I think to myself like how how can I make my father proud in the college process you know and would would my dad have like this campus like when we're on tours or what, what would my dad's thoughts be on the biochemistry program at this school versus this school, you know? What is, what is his advice? What is his perspective in the world that I'm missing now when I'm on these tours? So I just thought that was something interesting that um, I wanted to talk about because yet again, as I said before, our thoughts and stories about these people who have left our lives don't end when they like when quote like the grief period is over maybe a year or two years, you know? It it goes on forever. It it does not stop. Um and so I just wanted to talk a little bit about the future of this podcast because I've been reaching out to friends because I have a bunch of friends who, you know, have lost parents, have lost loved ones, and I've also reached out to some medical professionals, you know, specifically therapists. Um, and people like that to sort of talk to you guys along with myself about how grief works in different perspectives. You know, how does grief show itself in kids with autism or in specifically younger kids or maybe even older, like young adults in like the 20s who like don't know how to handle with grief? Are they a child or are they adult? are they an adult because you know that's a fine line to walk on anyways um now that we've gotten over a quick little short story and the introduction uh I think it's time we talk more about what today's podcast is going to be about so I think today we're going to be talking about you know how does grief manifest itself in your life after the fact because I sort of spoke about last time how <clears throat> I was after my dad had just died, you know, within the five days after. But I, I never had spoken about um, what it was like after after my dad died. So I had mentioned how I was incredibly emotionally dull after the event of his death. And if I'm being quite honest... I don't, I really, really, really do not remember the rest of that, that year. But I, I just, I don't remember the rest of sixth grade, if I'm being honest. Um, I went to summer camp in the summer. Basically, I have zero memories from that. All I remember is that there was another kid whose mother had died of the same thing that my dad had died of about three months prior. I mean, like three months after my mom, my dad died. So like my dad died in March, his mother died in May. And I think people kind of flocked to him a little bit more like, Oh, we're so sorry for you. Because I think he was a little more public than me. So that's to be expected. Um, And I think he was a little more popular. So people wanted to say sorry for your loss to the more popular kid. And I feel like that kind of took a toll on me because I was thinking to myself, like, I I went through the same thing. Like, what about me, you know? But, oh, well. And while I'm on that, I actually have a memory of the year before at summer camp while my dad was sick, they my parents insisted that I go anyways, you know? Him being sick didn't change anything. And... They insisted that I go, and I remember I think a select few of people in my bunk went uh, like I mean a select few people in my bunk knew that my dad had cancer yeah I told my closer friends first, and I think I had eventually told all of them, and then the counselors knew, and then one kid who um is very different now than he was back then he threatened to tell the entire division that my dad had cancer which thinking back on it uh, okay tell them like if you want to be the one to tell them be the asshole that tells them but i don't know at the time i was 11 and i think i took it really to heart and i got really upset about it i never got upset or emotional throughout the entire process and i told on him as one does and he got in seriously big trouble because they were like, what are you doing? This is not your story to share, etc. But I was just thinking of that story because we're on the topic of camp. But anyways, after my dad had died 6th grade, I really don't remember much. I, I, I have a really good memory. And I am more than 100% sure that the reason I do not remember that period of my life is because of his death. Um, I do remember, however, that people were, like, extremely nice to me. Like, adults in my life were over-the-moon nice to me. Like, because this kid's so fragile, you don't want to tap him and break him like a little ceramic, you know? Like, he's already been through enough pressure and heat. You don't want to crack him. Um, and... I just remember people telling me stories about them with my dad when they were younger. And while the stories are nice, um, at the time, I really do not think I cared one bit. I think I wanted to pretend that he had always been dead and that nothing was new. Um, You know, just go on with my regular life, which sounds terrible. And I understand how it sounds. Clearly I was still thinking of him in the back of my head. but. I just, I don't know. I wanted to pretend like nothing had changed, you know? I wanted to go back to my regular life. I was tired of being sad and upset about everything that had happened over the last year and a half year. Um, So then seventh grade, I think I remember that a little bit more, but nothing specific happened during that period. You know, I was the kid who had just lost his father, nothing really new. However, then COVID hit. And I just remember my mother told me as the pandemic got worse, thank God your father's dead. And I know that sounds insane. So let me just explain that a little bit more because she's right. If he was a person with terminal pancreatic cancer who had made it that far. So I don't know, he had made it a year and a half, two years with pancreatic cancer. I mean, people don't really get better, so he, he would have been very close to death. If he had been around during COVID, and he had caught that in the hospitals because he had to go to the hospitals, he would have suffered so greatly. If that man had to live in quarantine without a lot of medical intention because it was going to all the COVID people, um, rather than people with like long-term diseases, I mean, that would have been horrific. So I think there's a reason that he died a year before we went into quarantine. He died March 23rd, 2019. We went into quarantine something like schools closed March 13th, 2020, like official quarantine like March 18th, 2020. Like there's a reason for that. Um, I feel terrible and my heart goes out to all the people who were sick during COVID because Your immune system is incredibly weak, and that is nearly impossible to live through. So my heart goes out to those people. But yeah, I think being inside during quarantine allowed me to basically simmer in the new family dynamic that I had of just a three-person family, because before, you know go to school, go to sleep, go to school again, go to sleep, do the weekends. You know, you're not really together that much. But during quarantine, it was like, wow, like there is not another parent here. And I think that brought up a lot of tough feelings for everybody in the household because my mom was a single mother and she had to do the job of both parents while managing two kids in online school. And I just think that made us even more like notice his absence even more than we already did and also given the fact that he had just died a year earlier um there was like a lot of one year memories coming up and it's not like we could really celebrate it with anyone or honor him with anyone in person because it was quarantine so I think that was tough to deal with Um, But yet again, I was still incredibly emotionless about it. And I don't think I cried about it for the first time until I think it was ninth grade. And I was just looking at this one photo of my sister, me and my dad when I was a lot younger and we were in Halloween costumes. And he was in his suit because he had just come from work to take us to the... Fairmercy Park Halloween party. And it kind of made me realize that whenever my dad used to come home from work, my mom would come home earlier than him usually, but whenever my dad would come home from work when I was younger, me and my sister would always run to the door, jump up and hug him, and be so happy that he was there. And I think that's what that suit brought up for me. And I just started crying at like 1 a.m. staring out the window in ninth grade. And my mother came down, and she was like, what is going on here? And I think we were both really aware that this was the first time that it had really hit me. You know, <clears throat> I think I think that everything had been in the back of my head for a while, but never had it really hit the front of my head, you know? I never really let it, like, let myself see it. Even now, whenever we go to the cemetery or the graveyard, whatever you like to call it. Um, we pull up in front of the grave. I say the mourner's cottage, and then I go back in the car. I don't stand there because I don't know what it is. Do I think it's uncomfortable? Do I not think that that's how death works? I don't know what it is, but I'm not in the mood to stand right above Six feet above my father's like crippling bones that are turning into dirt, as dark as that may sound i I just don't like it. If I'd like to talk to him, I can talk to him at home. I could talk to him wherever I want to. um but yeah, I think I'm still having to this day a hard time letting death be death, you know, and I'm sure a bunch of kids are in the same. Position, you know, some kids, the second their grandma dies, they post on Instagram. You know, everyone needs to know that their grandma died. And if that's how you do things, that is perfectly okay. Um, I think that probably means you're handling death a lot more hands on than I am. But I, on the other hand, do not post on Instagram. I do not like it. I do not like it being public. And to be honest, I kind of think. The reputation of the kid who lost his dad follows me everywhere because it's such a prominent part of my life. But then I I think it was a couple days ago, or maybe weeks ago now, I was talking to a kid in my school, and he was like, Oh, what does your dad think? And I don't usually or like, what does your dad do for a living? Or like, what did your dad say about this? And I don't usually hear that a lot, because my friends never say that because they know my dad's dead. And this kid is kind of an acquaintance, and I was like, oh, my dad's dead, and he didn't know. And I was like, wow, I guess it didn't follow me. As much as I think death is a prominent part in my life, or grieving, or not having a dad, maybe it's not as prominent as I think it is. And that was kind of a revelation for me. I I still kind of have that. Because people get really, like... Water break, hold on. People get really shocked when i tell them my dad's dead or sometimes they get awkward maybe they're not awkward and i just think it's awkward because i yet again don't like to talk about it often um and they're like i'm so sorry for you and i'm like oh it's okay you know because what am i supposed to say i'm already uncomfortable in the situation but that's just kind of how it manifests in my everyday life now you know if it comes up It's just like, oh, I'm so sorry for you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. It's okay. Sometimes people even go as far as what did he die of? When did he die, you know? And people are curious. I'd probably ask the same questions to anyone, to be honest. So I think that that's just how the cookie crumbles when you have a dead relative. That's just the questions that people ask and i mean what else can i think of if i have any stories about it? oh this is this is a good thing to talk about there's there's this kind of n- n- newer thing i guess with death and how people grieve and how kids grieve and that's that's you know phones cuz this may sound a little simple but Technology plays a really big part in um, how we deal with death because if it was the 1990s, you know, I don't know if you would be able to save voicemails of a loved one so easily or text messages. Excuse my like 2007 baby mindset, but I don't think test. Me- Text messages were a thing in the 90s, you know? Or you definitely did not have the camera roll app, you had to have printed out photos. And now we can easily, easily, easily go into our photos and search 2019 and you'll find pictures with your loved one, you know? You can go back as far as you want into your camera roll and it's just right there. However, in the past, you would kind of go digging for physical photos and for example, my dad tried to start a YouTube channel or whatever to educate people on mortgages. And I personally refuse to look at that channel because I don't know, I don't I don't I don't want to see it or hear it to be honest. Not not the mortgage part. I just don't want to see or hear him cuz it's too uncomfortable for me to deal with at this point in my life. Maybe in my future I'll be okay with listening to his voice, but not right now. Um and so I don't listen to his voicemail. I don't listen to voicemails he left me. I cannot watch the YouTube channel. I cannot listen to any speeches that he's given. It's just that's a little too much for me cuz that feels like that feels like they're in the room, you know, it's tough listening to people who are dead speak. And I think that's something that technology has made possible. And I'm, I'm getting to a point where I'll be okay listening to that, but I don't think I'm at that point right now. However, I, I'm okay looking at text messages because, I don't know, maybe that's a little more personal because that's actual conversation I had with him rather than a video of him speaking, but for now, I can't listen to audio or visuals of him, like videos, that's just too much for me to take on mentally and emotionally but yeah I think I've covered pretty well how grief and dealing with death has looked like for me in my in the post-death years um and yeah I'll definitely have more stories the more I think and and simmer with the topic of this episode but I believe next week I will be having my um, first guest on the show or first guest it might be one or two people I'm not sure yet and I think we're just going to talk about our experience with having dead parents and just have a normal conversation because not very often do we get to talk with people about death death doesn't usually find itself airtime in our conversations with people in the everyday world usually it just looks like I'm so sorry for your loss, my dad died too, or my mom died too, and okay, great, move on, you know, you don't meet people to talk about death, unless you're in a grief circle per se, and that's what we're here to do, this, this is a grief circle, a digital grief circle at that, but that's the purpose of this podcast, so thank you for listening, and I hope to see you guys next Tuesday.